season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jace Riggling and I'm the host. Today, some more IU baseball content. First episode of three this weekend. Um, after this IU baseball content today, we're going to dig into a couple Indiana State baseball players. That'll be Saturday and Sunday. However, today, we've got Indiana University starting center fielder, usually our number three hitter. We've got Bobby Whalen on the show. Great ball player. Love seeing him evolve these past couple years at IU. Um, definitely the leader of the team this season. Um, today we discuss his freshman year at Louisville, that original uh, recruiting process to go to Louisville, talk about the transfer process, talk about selecting an advisor. Uh, we also talk about picking up the phone. Obviously, if you follow IU Baseball at all this year, one of their big-time big, big home run celebrations is picking up that phone, slamming it down. Well, Bobby Whalen was the guy who started that. Uh, so we dig into that, how that got started. Uh, also dig into a little bit more about the current season and much more. So let's tune into the episode and hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Indiana University starting center fielder Bobby Whalen on the show. Bobby, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, of course. So uh, one question I always like to ask everybody before we actually dig into the actual interview is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Bobby Whalen? Uh, I'd say I'm just a kid from a small town of Pennsylvania that has been gifted with baseball ability and yeah, I just love playing baseball and love IU, and yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. So that small st- that small town is it Camp Hill, PA? Is that what it's called? Yep. So where? How far is that from uh, a bigger city? So it's two minutes from Harrisburg, which is the capital, and then it's like an hour and a half from Philly. Okay. So what are some of your favorite things to do in just the small town atmosphere? Uh, in high school, I loved to play football, so that was. That was our town's thing was Friday Night Lights. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the main things that I love to do. And then other than that, just like to be a normal kid, play golf with my friends, hang out with my family, and just, yeah, do normal things. Yeah. So you talk about football there. So you were All-State three times throughout your high school. Um, was there any recruiting going on for football as well as baseball at that point, or was it mostly baseball when you were going through your high school um, experience? Um. The baseball recruiting process starts so early. Yeah. So I was committed to play baseball before before I really came onto the scene for varsity football. So there were some little things late that came up, but nothing that I ever showed interest in or yeah, not really. Yeah. So if let's dig into the baseball recruiting as a whole. So when did the baseball recruiting process start for you? Like you said, it starts earlier than other sports. So when did it start for you? When did you start getting noticed by some D1 teams? Uh, it started for me my freshman high school season. So spring of my freshman year was when I started calling coaches and having conversation with coaches. Coaches were coming to see me. I was really young. It was it was a lot to go through just as a 14, 15-year-old. So it was overwhelming at times, but it was also really cool getting to talk to these famous coaches when you're so young. 
and then I was committed by by fall of my sophomore year. Yeah. See, that's that's one thing I've learned these past couple of months because I've been interviewing maybe some guys who are like committed to IU who are like class of 2025 in high school. I'm like, you guys are freshmen already committed to go play to a Big Ten school. Like that's something that's blew my mind when I learned it. I mean, it's it's crazy how early that baseball recruiting process starts. But um, who were some of those initial teams that were reaching out to you uh, when the recruiting process started? Uh, well, I committed to Louisville, so I went to Louisville out of high school. Um, and then there were a lot of a lot of ACC schools. Penn State was close to home, so that was one of them. Um, I never talked to IU in high school, but but yeah, TCU and Louisville were my main two that that I was really interested in. Okay. So obviously, like you said, you picked Louisville. That's where you played. Well, that's where you're at your freshman year. So what was it at Louisville that initially stood out during that initial recruiting process? Yeah, I mean, they were just really good. So that was a main thing that stuck out to me. Um, I liked the coaches a lot to the recruiting process. And, and yeah, that's just where my young self chose to go. I th- thought it was a good idea. I'm happy I went there because I wouldn't be here without going there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just where I thought was best for me. Yeah. So your senior year, obviously that was before COVID because your freshman year, well, that was that COVID season that everything got all messed up. So what was your freshman season like at Louisville? Obviously it got cut maybe what, like 10 games into the season. So what yeah. was that like um, before COVID? Were you in a spot to be playing your freshman year or were you mostly just going to be behind the scenes? you that, that just getting some experience. Yeah, I was actually, I actually got gray shirted, which means you don't make the roster and you can't practice. So that was hard for me. That's why I transferred. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't make the roster. I thought I should have made the roster, but I didn't. And that was their decision. I respected their decision. But I thought it was best for me to find somewhere else where the coaches maybe believed in me more. And then that's when I started talking to Mercer and got committed here and then came here last two falls ago. And it's been great ever since. Yeah. So for a, for a gray shirt. So when did you find that out? Was that like right before the season started or did you know that in the fall? I found out the day before the season started. So what was that like going through the whole fall practice, going through winter practice, coming back for second semester and then finding out that you won't be playing with the team? Yeah. I mean, as far as my athletic career goes, that was probably the hardest couple weeks of my life after, after that happened. I mean, I don't know. I was committed there for so long and I was so excited to play for them. And then to just be told that you're not even on the team. It was, it was really hard. And luckily it happened because I've become so much of a harder worker and I never take anything for granted. So I'm happy it happened, but it was really hard. Yeah. So when you're, when you're gray shirted, is that, so you, you like, are you just like a normal student at that point? Like you're not going to training or practicing at all? Yeah, you're not you're not allowed to do anything with the team. So, so the team's it, you're not allowed to be there. If the team's at the field, you're not allowed to be there. So yeah, you're basically a normal student. So when that happened, is that basically when you entered the transfer portal and were like, yeah, I'm going to go find another school to play for? Or when when yes. did you decide to start looking, start shopping around at other teams? Yeah, so we opened up at Old Miss that year. So Wednesday night was when they told me they left Thursday morning. They got back Sunday night. And I entered the transfer portal on Monday. So pretty much. Yeah. So when you enter the transfer portal mid season, is there much action going on or is it when the season's over, when college coaches start reaching out to you? 
Um, well, COVID happened, so that was kind of a weird situation. Yeah. Uh, luckily, my travel coach knew Simmons, which is our recruiting coordinator. So I came on a visit here about like four days after I entered the transfer portal. And then COVID hit two days later, which meant no, you couldn't go on any recruiting trips or anything. So luckily I got here before all that happened and then decided to come here. Yeah. So IU was pretty much the only team that was in that mix when you entered that transfer portal. Uh, it was IU, West Virginia, and then some uh, some mid-major schools. But yeah, okay. IU was the one that showed most interest and I was most interested in. Yeah. So what? So overall, what put IU over West Virginia at that point in your career? Um, I was just looking for coaches that I could 100% trust because obviously I had trust issues after after what happened and Mercer and Simmons and Dan Held and Parker, they were, I mean, I just liked all of them. I thought they were all genuine people and, and I was right. I mean, they're exactly what they, what they show in the recruiting process. So yeah, I'm very happy I chose to come here. Yeah. So like you said, COVID happened. So that just made everything just super odd just because you couldn't go on visits. You couldn't go actually be there on campus. So when was it that you were actually in, in Bloomington for your first time after that visit, after you've already committed? First day of class that next fall. Yeah, first day of class that next fall. And that was weird too because everything was messed up because we had to get tested for COVID. If you had four positives, your team was shut down. So it was just a really weird year. Uh, we got shut down for like 20 days. I was a close contact for like 30 straight days. Never tested positive. So it was just it was just a hard year for everyone, and then the season came around and it was no fans in conference yeah. only. So it was just a tough year. But yeah, it was good. yeah, because your first year in Bloomington last year that was my freshman year at IU, and I like I got kind of experienced that same thing. Obviously not an athlete, but just as a student going into a school that has forty some thousand people, not really knowing anybody. Like, did yeah. did you have a lot of online classes as well? Yeah, I was in all online, all Zoom classes. Yeah, I mean, the only people that I really knew were baseball players. Yeah, I mean, like, like so it was it was pretty tough to meet people besides the baseball team just because of all the online classes. Yeah, it was pretty much impossible because you couldn't do anything outside of baseball because you don't want to test positive and be out. So it's like you're basically just quarantining with your team the whole year yeah so you said you were in close contact for 30 days so was that like in season or was that before the season started no that was like like a week being on campus my one roommate tested positive so that was 15 days the old rules were 15 days close contact kept getting tested tested negative on the 14th day my other roommate test positive so I got so I was literally quarantined for a month that's 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 rough. But then um, the, when the Big Ten, well, when the season did come around, like you said, you played nothing but Big Ten teams. You were playing in front of no fans besides just family members. So what was it like just going to a stadium every day that was basically empty? Um, it wasn't ideal, but I'd never played college baseball before. So it was I mean, I it was fun. Like it was a taste of college baseball, what it's like. And obviously it's really cool having 2000 fans at our games now, but, but I had fun and I thought it was really cool getting to play all these big schools that you dream of playing for or playing against at some point. 
So it wasn't as bad as most people think. Yeah. So last year, obviously, it was a great IU team. I mean, we had six guys drafted, a couple guys signed, undrafted free agency. You were stuck behind current Yankee now, Grant Richardson in center field, had a couple other big-time uh, outfielders. And this year, you get the chance to play, be the everyday center fielder. So what are some ways that you've taken advantage of that, just getting the opportunity to play every day here at IU? Yeah, I mean, it's just been a long road to getting to be the everyday guy. And and I just it just really taught me a lot, like taught me how to be a good teammate. I know I've been literally in every role possible come to this point. So I know how people feel about their role, what they can do to get better. So I would say really just just being a good teammate and then taking advantage of, of what I got this year. And, and it's been really fun getting to play every day and trying to help the team win. And yeah, we're getting, we're getting hot at the right time. So it's you are, you are rough, rough start to the season, but you guys have turned it around. But um, before the season started, how long did you, like, how long was it that you knew you were going to get that opportunity to start the season as an everyday guy? Like how long, when did you notice that that was probably going to be your role to start the season? Yeah, I mean, I came in in the fall, knowing that it was mine to take, but but I was nervous. I mean, I didn't know if I was going to get it. Carter came in, and I was like, that kid's really good. <laughs> and then all the freshmen came in. That I mean, that's it's the most unbelievable freshman class I've ever seen in my life. So I didn't know. The fall, we started fall scrimmages. I started hitting well. I started playing well. So I would say by, like, three quarters of the way through the fall towards the end of the fall, I was like, all right, like I earned that spot. It's mine. But I wouldn't say I totally believed myself until, until like two weeks before the season. And then I was like, okay, like that's my spot on opening day. I'm definitely going to start. So I don't know. I just had trouble believing that it was going to happen, I guess. But yeah, like two weeks before the season, I was like, okay, it's definitely my spot. Yeah. So you guys, you guys, you guys started this season opening day playing Clemson. So no more, no more just Big Ten teams like it was last year. So what was it like starting the year with just a great program like that, Clemson team? Uh, what was it like playing up against such a, a great organization like that to start? Um, as your first kind of like your first time as an everyday player? Yeah, I mean it was basically starting my college career, and it was just like I've never played a baseball game in front of more than three hundred people in high school, and then. We go to Clemson and there's, well, I think like 7,000 people there screaming, yelling, saying terrible things to us. There's just like, well, it's not going to get any harder than this. Like, this is just our welcome to it. And then we just went out there and the game wasn't as fast as we all thought it was going to be. It was like, okay, we're meant to be here. And yeah, we had a bunch of young guys. I mean, I would say basically all of us were young except for like one or two like none of us had experience in college baseball especially in front of that no one on our team did so yeah it just took us some time to get used to it get used to the speed and everything and and here we are now yeah so is that the series that you and carter made barstool by one of those the outfield fans yelling at you and uh, carter in the outfield or was that the round rock classic no i think it was luckily the the student section was in left field so they were just yelling at carter yeah and I would hear everything. I mean, it was unbelievable the things that were yelling at him. But I mean, yeah, he was a freshman. He just he just laughed at it and just kept playing. But 
Yeah, that, there were some things that shouldn't have been said. Yeah. Like, I mean, those teams down in the South, I know Clemson's part of the ACC, but I've been to a couple SEC games earlier this spring, and yeah. it's crazy the size of those student sections that they have. Like, students are allowed to bring in their own beer. They're allowed to have, like, 4,000 fans, at, at like, and just, like, in the outfield. Like, that's that's crazy to me to see that. It is and crazy. It's, it's crazy the types of things that college kids will, will yell at players. But. Oh, I know. That, that next weekend after opening weekend, you guys played in the Round Rock Classic. So, I obviously had Arkansas, which was one of the top teams in the nation at that point. Stanford, which is always good. Louisiana Lafayette. So, you guys went one and two that weekend, played solid. Um, so, what was that What was that like playing up against that type of, tier, type of talent and just realizing that you guys are there to belong? Yeah, the Clemson weekend was tough. So, going to that, we were, we were looking to bounce back. We played Arkansas on Friday night face one of the best pitchers in the SEC to this point. And we were right there with him. I think it was a it was a two run game in the eighth inning. We ended up losing five two, but but yeah, we were right there with him. We were one timely hit away from from winning that game six five. And yeah, it was good to know that we were we were right there with I think they were ranked second in the country. So we were right there with the best teams in the country. And then we beat and then Louisiana's always good too. They're mid major, but they're always good. And then we beat them on Saturday. So we're like, all right, we can do this. Like, we are good enough to be here. And then Stanford, they were – I mean, they just outplayed us. They were good. But, but again, it was nothing, like, overwhelming. Like, we can't even see the ball against – it was like, all right, like, we feel good in the box. Our pitchers are throwing well against them. It was just – yeah, that was a big – I would say that was a big weekend for us internally, knowing that we were good enough, obviously – all the outside people just think you're one and five, but, but internally it definitely helped us know that we were right there with the best. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a tough schedule to start the year. Not, not only just the non-conference games that we talked about, but even you guys played some of the best big 10 teams to start the year. Um, like you said, you guys were young, only a couple guys that weren't like in their first actual college season of playing every day. One of those guys was Jack Perkins, a Louisville guy as well. So did you have a relationship with him at all while you had, you spent your, uh, kind of your freshman year at Louisville? Did you have a relationship with him at all before coming to IU? Yeah, I did. Uh, he was recovering from Tommy John, so he didn't pitch. But off the field, yeah, we had a pretty good relationship, and he's worked so hard to get where he is. And he's had a great year so far. And, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, that was pretty cool. He came. We got to play with each other again. And, yeah, it's we've developed so much individually and to come back together and see each other be so much better than we were the last time. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. I was, I was pretty excited this past, this past fall when he announced that he was coming here, obviously he's a he's an Indiana guy. So I kind of knew him beforehand. So yeah. it was kind of cool to see him coming here this year. Um, but after that, um, like we talked about the schedule, we were just rough start to the season overall one in five, obviously you guys felt great, but then you guys turned into big 10 play still struggled a little bit, but now you guys are getting hot right at the right time, four games left. Uh, probably going to make the Big Ten tournament. So what was the reasoning for that turnaround? Uh, I would say we just stuck to what to what we knew we did well and we worked on the things that we didn't do well. And we just kept believing in each other. I mean, it's really hard or it's really easy for a team to have the record that we had and just start fighting. And we just really didn't do that. We had team meetings talking about what we needed to do better. And yeah, we've just stuck to it and Things finally started, line drive started, finally started falling. Ground balls were being fielded by our players instead of finding every hole possible. 
So yeah, I think we just got rewarded for sticking to what we do and not panicking. Yeah. So one thing you guys have been pretty good at pretty much all season. I mean, like you said, you talked about the freshmen that were in Pine, Tibbetts, Carter. We've also got Matt Ellis, who's a, a power hitter as well. One thing that's been pretty well known around campus is the home run celebration where you're ring, picking it up, picking up the phone, slamming it yeah. down. And from what I hear, you're the guy that kind of started it all, kind of started that celebration. So let's dig into it. How did how did that whole thing start? Yeah, so I don't remember what weekend it was, but we had a weekend where we it felt like we had second and third every inning. And we just wouldn't get that big two out hit that we needed to win the game. It was like it's like dang, we had bases loaded with one out and we just couldn't get the hit. So I was just laying in bed after that weekend and I was like, like someone and then it just turned into someone's got to answer the call and get that hit. And then we did it. And then I think we played Kentucky the next day. We hit like five home runs, scored 20 runs, had 20 hits. I was like, well, we're not leaving that now. So it's kind of stuck since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like you mentioned earlier, you guys have a lot of young guys on the team. You said this freshman class is amazing. Obviously, like I said, those three guys got a couple pitchers who are pretty solid. But who are some guys that you've maybe taken underneath your wing this year, just as an old guy who's played, who's been been in a college program now for two years, IU for a year ahead of them? Who are some guys that you've taken under your wing? Yeah, I mean, I would say Carter, just being an outfielder. It's we've been together for every individual practice, so just kind of helping him and and he does things well that I don't do well, so he helps me too. I wouldn't say I really take him under my wing, but we're best friends now. So we kind of do everything together. Same with Pine. Uh, me and Pine hit together every day. It's kind of, I wouldn't say I took anyone under my wing, but I would say that everyone's close with the freshmen. That they've molded so well and they've come in and contributed so fast. So yeah. it's just kind of one of those things that it's like, they're not freshmen. Like they're not freshmen anymore. They're, they're upperclassmen at this point. And it's not like you get the bucket, you're a freshman. It's like, you guys earned what you got. So, I mean, everyone's equal at this point. Yeah. So you see you're hanging out with Carter and Joshua. I know when I talked to them, they said they really like to fish and hunt. So are you type of, are you a fisherman and a hunter as well? Uh, Josh asked me to go fishing every day and I always say, no, I'm not. But yeah, I don't love it. I don't, I get bored just waiting for fish to bite. Uh, Josh always says he catches 15 fish, but I don't know if he's telling the truth all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fisher or hunter. Yeah, like I'm that same way. Like I grew up in a small town. My grandpa has like he's a farmer, and I just I was never the type of guy that just wanted to go and fish on fish on the lake or go hunting in the woods. Like I was just like it's just too much waiting. I'd rather go do something else. But um, last year when you last year when you came to IU, um, like we said, we had a lot of great guys on the team. Who were some guys that helped you get uh, like just get used to Bloomington, get used to the college baseball atmosphere? Who were some of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I would say Cole Barr. He kind of brought me in. We were really good friends. We he would bring me in to hit every day. We would we basically did everything together. And I mean, he was a great guy to learn from. Obviously, he's playing pro ball now. Just a really good baseball player. Had a really good IU career. Got drafted twice. So yeah, I mean, basically everything I've learned is from him. And yeah, he really brought me under. Yeah. He's I've I've talked to him a couple times. Great dude. Um, like to see I like to see that he's uh, playing well this season. His first like professional season. I'm glad to see that. 
Um, but let's transition a little bit. So before we started recording, I told you, like, I'm trying to be an agent when I graduate from IU. So I kind of, whenever I have players on, I kind of like to hear like their side of things, just like the, why the players chose their advisors, stuff like that. So, I mean, you had a great season. So did advisors start reaching out to you this year or was it beforehand when advisors started reaching out? Uh, with, cause I was committed to Louisville. Um, that obviously makes you a draft, a draft guy in high school. So I've been talking to advisors since my senior year of high school when I went through the draft process the first time. Okay. So what, like when, like, so how many advisors were reaching out? How were they reaching out to you? Um, and what were the, some of those like initial conversations like with those guys? Yeah. I mean, uh, they would always talk to my travel baseball coach. He's got a pretty big audience for just being a travel baseball coach. So they would always contact him and say, is there any way that we could talk to him? And he said, well, why don't you call me first? So they would call him and he would text me and say, I just talked to an advisor that wants to work with you, but I told him no. And I would say, why'd you tell him no? And he said, he's not the guy for you. And I would just trust him. I would say, all right. And then, um, and then he called me and said, I told an advisor that he can call you. I gave him your number. So then I talked to one and really good guys. Um, a lot of big time players in their agency. So that's who I decided to go with. Okay. So you've had that same advisor now for three, is it three or four years? Yep. Okay. So who'd you decide to um, have your, have, have as your advisor? Uh, I'm with Andrew Meister and Barry Meister up in Chicago. Okay. And what was the, what was the, like, what, what made them stick out to you? Like besides the big time players and them being genuine dudes, what were some of the things that stuck out to you um, just as them giving you a call and having those conversations with you? Yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of just said exactly what stuck out to me. It was just, obviously the big time players are good to see because you know that they know what they're doing and they know a lot of people up there and then just being genuine people and, you need to find someone that you know has your best interest because sometimes the player's best interest is not the best interest for the agent. So you got to find people that you trust that they want you to succeed more than they want themselves to succeed. And that's what I found in them. Yeah. So let's, let's move on a little bit. Let's move on to some of your actual on-field play. So uh, when obviously great, you're hitting great this year, over 300, so when you're walking up to the plate, like what's going through your mind? Like, what are you trying to do with each at bat? Uh, each at bat, I'm trying to hit a single right up the middle and anything. If I do that, then I'm happy. If I do anything more than that, then I'm very happy. But yeah, yeah it's just a single up the middle every time. Okay. So if you're a scout watching your game, what would maybe be your personal scouting report on yourself? Um, I would say that I have good barrel control and I play the game really hard and really fast and I have a good baseball IQ. All right, there we go. So I got a couple questions, couple last questions for before we end off the podcast. So let's move on from the baseball field a little bit. What are some of your passions that you like to do beyond the baseball field? Obviously we talked about hunting, fishing, maybe not your type of thing. So what are some things that you like to do? Uh, I like to play Fortnite with my friends back home. So I get to talk to them every now and then when we get on Fortnite. Uh, when I'm not in baseball season, I love to play golf, but not a big golfer in season just because for some reason I think it messes up my swing. It probably doesn't, but uh, what else? I like to jump 
I like to jump off cliffs and uh, in the water. So the quarry is fun. We've been there a few times. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'd just say anything outside. I really like doing things outside when it's yeah. nice out like it is now. Just yeah, really anything. So, are there places back home in Camp Hill where you're able to jump off and jump off hills to a to places of water, or is it mostly just at the quarry? Oh uh, yeah, there's place back there's places back home. Um, my favorite thing is we we used to go to Jamaica when I was young, and they had this place that you could jump off cliffs, and that's like I've loved it ever since I did that. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, Bobby, I got one last question for you. So obviously NIL that came out last July. I'm now to where college athletes can make a little bit of money off themselves. Um, with you being IU athlete, have you picked up any NIL offers or is there a brand that you'd possibly like to work with in the future? Uh, I mean, I would basically like to work with any brand. Um, uh, I've made, I think I did two. Uh, I did feel good lab cream. It's, it's like a all natural icy hot, basically. It's like recovery cream and pain cream. And that was really good. I, they just sent me the cream for free and I got to use it and it's actually a really good product. So that was, that was good. And then I did another one. It's a training baseball bat. It's like a $500 bat that, that they sent me to use. And I posted a video on my Instagram and yeah, that was cool too. Um, I haven't really made a lot of money from it, but just the fact that it's there to do, if you want to do it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did you get connected with both of those brands? Did they just reach out through Instagram? Uh, my, my travel baseball coach actually put together a group of like 10 of us and he's worked with companies to get them to see if they want to work with us. And he has, I think he has 200,000 followers on Instagram. Okay. So, so he reaches out to them and says, we want to work with you. So then they're working with him and us eight. Obviously they're probably doing it mostly to work with him because his audience is so big. So he uses his following to get us deals, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So what's your travel balls coach saying? I might need to give him a follow. Coach Ferber. Coach Ferber. All right. Well, Bobby, that's all the questions I got for you, man. Uh, good luck this last week of the regular season. I'm, I'm hoping that you guys do well, make it far into the Big Ten tournament. I'm rooting for you the rest of your career, man. Um, if I see you, if you don't get drafted this year and you're playing back at IU next season, I'll, I mean, I'll be at every game watching while the school's in. So, hey, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck this summer. And um, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And that is going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. I'd like to thank Bobby for coming on the show today. Learned a lot about his career. Learned a lot about IU baseball. Um, I'm really excited to see how this summer works out for him. Obviously, he's a draft prospect with the way he's played this past season. So I'm excited to see if he's able to get drafted. I mean, if not, I mean, I'd be cool to see him playing at the BART next season as well. So just really excited to see where his career goes. Great ball player with a great future. Um, make sure to tune in the rest of this week as we got some Indiana State ball players coming on the show. To find out who they are, though, you got to go to our social media, got to go to our website. Our social media is going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And then our website is www.jkrpodcast.com. So give those a follow, check it out, tune in tomorrow, and I'll catch you guys then.